Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey, welcome into another edition of Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders, your financial coach from Strategic Planning Corporation. And let me say that again because I kind of stumbled. Strategic Planning Corporation. <laughs> I'm Mark, your co-host on the podcast as we talk about investing finance and retirement with Mike. He serves us here in the Carolinas and he's got an office in Colfax and you can find him online at spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Give us a like, a listen, a share. Let some folks know who might benefit from it to check us out. We certainly would appreciate it. And we'll hopefully try to provide you with a little entertainment and a little education when it comes to your financial planning process. Mike, welcome in, buddy. How are you this week? I'm great. I hope you're doing good this week, Mark. I am doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. And hey, listen, I wanted to ask you about this. I'm sure you're familiar, but the House has passed the uh, SECURE Act of 2019, and it is on its way to Congress. And they're actually got another bill called the RESA Act. But in it is a lot of different things that may affect the retirement planning process and how people save for money. And there's a lot of good pieces in it. There's some some wonky pieces, as all legislation tends to Mm -hmm. have. But one piece in there I wanted to ask you about, and that is raising the RMD age from 70 and a half to 72. Now the RESA Act might push this back to 75. Either way, what's your thoughts on pushing back the RMD age? I think it's a good thing. The um, older that we are able to live and be active gives us more time to possibly work and you know, being able to delay the time when we have to start taking the required minimum distribution. Everybody doesn't want to have to take money out of the IRA account. And, you know, having a little more flexibility on that is nice. The other thing I think about in terms of having that additional time before you're required to take it out is, you know, it it may cause people to delay retiring a little bit and therefore they earn a little bit more money and helps them, you know, meet their objectives for retirement income and that sort of thing. But I see it also as a possibility of something that are trying to line up with the uh, potential for increasing the maximum age for social security benefit earning it may be that right now where you see that age 70 is the latest age at which you can retire and max your benefits for social security reasons they might move it out to 72 and i think probably would move the lower end out a little bit also to match that so you still have the same time frame between an early retirement at age 62 and a final age for accruing additional benefit at age 70 so you know that eight year nine year span there you know move it out two years that i think could be a something that would help us relative to solvency or not solvency really it's insolvent already but the ability to continue to pay social security benefits so i think it'd be a good thing there and if people are delaying taking social security if they're continuing to work or even if they're not working it could give a little more time to unload qualified plans such as traditional iras and 401ks and 403bs that have not been taxed yet and will be taxed when you start taking the money out via 
uh, required minimum distribution or otherwise, and be able to convert some to Roths that will never be taxed. And mm-hmm. so I, I see it as something that's it's certainly not a negative, and I think it could be a positive. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons they're probably going with the 75 and the Reza Act is because 70 and a half to 72 is only a year and a half. So they exactly. may have, they may have thought about that a little bit and said, well, let's move that back a little farther. So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. we'll mm-hmm. see how it goes. All right. Well, let's hit our main topic yeah. this week, Mike. And that's, you know, needing to avoid some portfolio disasters. There's a few things I've got for you here. I want to get your take on it. You know, over the last 18 months, it seems like our nation has seen its fair share of disasters. We've had wildfires galore, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, I mean, just you name it. We've just had the gamut over the last two years, it seems like. And uh, obviously, it's July in North Carolina. So we're just now coming mm-hmm. into what could be, you know, the hurricane season, which is, you know, we usually see that stuff kind of August, September area. So let's talk about a few portfolio potential disasters that could be looming out there. Maybe in a situation with a spouse, a widowed spouse, who just ends up being in the dark. Unfortunately, this happens a lot. It tends to be the females, but I'm sure you've had to work with clients on either side who've come in and said, look, my spouse has passed away. Obviously, they notify you and they just don't know what's going on in their financial plan because they just didn't want to really be a part of it. Mm, Yeah, that is pretty common. We tend to, in our practice, focus on women as clients because we do find that they tend to outlive their husbands for the most part and single women that never marry or have been divorced or what have you do have quite a bit of experience in this area. And the thing I try and encourage couples to do, and then of course, single women and all, is get involved in our educational events. When you have an opportunity to get some education about financial matters, just having a confidence about the vocabulary and not that you want to get with somebody that's just throwing out all kind of technical terms and all that kind of stuff, but they will talk to you in plain English so that you can kind of get a a good handle on how things work and the things that you need to focus on and be comfortable with. That's good. So prepare ahead of time. Get yourself in front of some folks that can help you with that sort of thing, with some educational events and all that. But, you know, encourage your spouse to sit down with you and show you how they're doing things if they're the ones that are kind of running the business of the family, so to speak, the financial business. Show them the other spouse how you pay the bills and where you keep passwords for online accounts and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, this the whole thing about the social media profile not being able to be terminated after someone passes away because no oh, one knows yeah. how to get in there and do yeah. it. So there's all kind of things that you should be sharing with each other. I keep a book, I call it a beneficiary book that has all my passwords in it, has insurance policies of all types in there, phone numbers, people oh, that's a good to idea. contact. Yeah. And you, know, you just update it periodically. Whenever you make a change, you just make a notation there. I happen to use an online password keeper called Dashlane that maintains passwords. So I've got the master password to be able to open that up located in that beneficiary book along with some other key passwords. And you know, then just sitting down with your spouse and what's the process you go through each month? Uh, who are the people you talk to? Engage them with those people. And they may say, I'm not interested. And, you know, 
that's okay. I understand that that's not necessarily a favorite thing, but at least have some familiarity with the waterfront, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we're discussing some portfolio, potential portfolio disasters, clearly a market crash, right? That can come out of nowhere, certainly kind of like a tidal wave, right? It can come out of nowhere Mm. and force you to go back to work maybe longer than you planned on. Yeah. You know, market crashes happen. There's no sense in trying to think that, okay, I'm going to get in at the bottom and and ride this one all the way to the top and never have a crash affect me. It's going to happen. And there are going to be other minor things in the interim that sometimes you might think, hey, is this a crash happening? But it's not. Uh, It's just a little bit of a dip in the market. And certainly we've had a lot of those kind of things in some of the adjustments that are being made in the way this administration approaches things like uh, foreign affairs and trade and that sort of stuff. It's caused some fits and starts that have made people think we're getting ready to go into a dive or go hog wild or whatever. They're going to happen. So how do you handle that? You look at your volatility. You look at what's the standard deviation on the mix of assets I have and what am I looking at as far as the most likely range of returns in a given year? Is that acceptable to me? What's the worst case scenario I might have on this mix of assets? And once you know that, and we can help you figure that out, it's then fairly easy to say, okay, I could live with this. But this other structure over here with a a larger range of returns on the upside and the downside. I'd love the upside, but I couldn't handle the downside. So I'm going to dial it back a little bit. So that's how you handle market crashes. You don't try and time it to get out. If you tried to time what has been being predicted for the last three years on market crashes, you'd have missed a ton of good stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. And every time we think <laughs> so it's about ready to get out. Yeah. Like every time we think it's about ready to do it, Mike, it turns around and rebounds, yeah. doesn't it? Exactly. Exactly. So that's not the way to live. You make one mistake and then trying to correct that, you're going to make more. So you structure your portfolio for the volatility level that's comfortable to you and you ride it out. And as you're riding it out, the silver lining in this cloud is this. When the market's going down, you're rebalancing your portfolio. So you're buying low those things that are going down and you're selling off the things that are high. And when I say selling off or buying, you're not changing the positions in your portfolio in terms of the way we do investing. You're just simply buying more of the stuff that's down and selling off just the portion of your stuff that went up to reinvest those gains in lower stuff. So you buy low, sell high, that's how you make money. You're doing that when the market's going down. So it's a good thing. Gotcha. You ever heard all anybody right. say that the market going down is a good thing? I'm saying it. <laughs> there you go. It's all about how you look at it, right? And how you kind of frame That's these right. things. Well, our, our final one, Mike, is a disaster that can definitely hit and does hit. And that's when the legacy or even the spouse's retirement gets annihilated by nursing home or long-term care expenses for the other spouse. Yes. And this is overlooked quite a bit. I'm really trying to focus more on that myself with my clients and to review that. You know, do you have a plan? When you think about it, if you look at the potential for the expenses that could occur in this area here, if you had to go into a facility for long term care, you're looking at eighty-five dollars to $100,000 a year to maintain yourself in a residential setting. When I say residential, an institutional residential facility, nursing home, what have you. Certainly there's assisted living, there's in-home health care and all that sort of thing that is substantially less in some cases, depends on how serious your condition is and how much aid and assistance you need. But 
you know, if you're looking at a, a worst case scenario, $85,000, $100,000, and the average stay in a nursing facility is about three years, you may be looking at $300,000. That's today. These things inflate and the cost doubles about every 10 years. So if you're 60 right now and it costs $300,000 out of your assets to fund a nursing care facility for yourself, in 10 years when you're 70 and much more likely to be getting closer to the point where that might happen, you're looking at 600000 And if you go out another 10 years to 80 when you're really getting closer to that, now you're looking at $1.2 million over three years if the inflation rates in that sector continue as they have. That's pretty huge. Uh, I don't know a whole lot of people that would look forward to spending $1.2 million or more out of their assets to fund a place to live and be cared for for their last days, even if they're the surviving spouse. But if there's a spouse still in the home and you're draining the asset pool like that, that could mean a whole lot of pain for them for the rest of their lives, whether they need care or not. So planning for that with purchasing long-term care insurance, whether it's a traditionally premium-funded method or if it's by buying a life insurance or an annuity policy with long-term care benefits attached, you're ensuring that you get to keep that money that you've accumulated and worked for all your life for retirement to pay for the retirement. You don't necessarily have to insure for every last potential scenario because, you know, if you're not in the home that's going to have reduced home expenses, maybe even a downsizing might be called for. And so some of your Social Security or other income could possibly go to reduce some of that long-term care expense in a facility or for home care, what have you. But, you know, you need to look at it and consider what are we looking at as far as potential liability? Can we insure that a lot cheaper than just spending full dollars, 100% dollars out of our retirement savings to fund long-term care? Uh, another thing that some people do, and, and I could suggest that you get in touch with an elder law attorney uh, right, to right. talk about Medicaid planning as uh, another way to shelter some assets and plan for that. But probably a little beyond our scope today. Yeah, today. We'll, we'll revisit that. We'll come back around and have a okay. conversation around that in a couple of weeks. Well, look, folks, I mean, obviously, you know, disasters can happen in the natural world, and they certainly can happen in the financial world. And, you know, Mike's been doing this for 42 years, so he's certainly seen his fair share of these. And really, I think, Mike, probably the key here is really sitting down and having a conversation with a planner. If you're not, you're doing yourself a disservice, right? Sit down, have a conversation, yeah. address some of these things and say, these are some of my concerns or these are some of the things that possibly are on the horizon. I understand that we don't know, you know, a passing of a spouse. We don't know when that's going to happen unless there's maybe a long-term care uh, illness that's going on already. And then, you yeah. you know, you kind of have some things there. Most of these are going to come at you out of the blue. And so having a plan in place ahead of time is certainly a better way to go. And I think we're going to say goodbye for this week with that. But look, if you are worried about some of these things, even if you're not worried, if you feel like things are going swimmingly well, that's great. Get a second opinion. Get a second look at things at your plan just to make sure that you've dotted the I's and crossed the T's. And Mike Flanders at Strategic Planning Corporation is here to help. That's why we do the podcast. Hopefully to offer you a little nugget of information to nibble on along the way. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Tune in to us on Google Play, uh, iTunes. I guess it's now Apple Podcast, not iTunes. Um, yeah. Various different outlets, right? So there's a lot of ways you can get a hold of us. Give us a jingle, 336 668 
888-436-6638-4338 if you got some questions. And check us out online at spcinvesting.com. Mike, my friend, have a great week. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Mark. You too. Folks, we'll see you again here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.